Hello and welcome to the Canopy Boulder Cannabis Business Podcast, where we talk about the intersection of entrepreneurship and investing in the legal cannabis industry. Each week, we'll give you our perspective on the latest news in the industry, bring you insightful interviews with entrepreneurs, investors, and industry pros, and also go deeper on topics like launching a business, building a team, pitching investors, and setting a fair valuation. Now, why would we take on such a challenge? Well, since we launched our cannabis-focused business accelerator and venture fund in 2013, we've made over 110 investments into 90 companies in the legal cannabis industry. And we want to share our experiences and learning with you. So join us every week as we take a deeper look into the legal cannabis industry and uncover the nuances and subtlety of starting up and investing in cannabis. everybody and welcome back to the Canopy Boulder Cannabis Business Podcast. This is Silly Daily here today and um, we're going to go a little bit more macro on this episode than we usually do. So um, last week I had the pleasure of attending the Canatech conference in Tel Aviv. So this is a conference put on by ICANN or Israel Cannabis, which is an organization um, in Israel that's sort of really trying to push cannabis ahead. And it's a great conference. They've had a couple different, a uh, couple different events. I think the last one was in Panama, um, and then this one obviously was in Tel Aviv, which is where ICANN is based, um, or maybe not in Tel Aviv, but in Israel. ICANN's based in Israel, um, and then I think the next one is in Cape Town, South Africa. So that's pretty interesting. So um, aside from getting to go to Tel Aviv for a week, which uh, was awesome and amazing, and great to see a beach um, at the end of winter when you've been stuck in Colorado in the snow for months at a time. Um, We had a great time. I had a great time. I learned a lot. Um, It was really cool to kind of see what was going on in the global market. So, you know, at Canopy Boulder, we're really focused on the U.S. market. We definitely take in teams from all over the world, but again, our expertise really is in the U.S. And there's a lot going on in this market. There's a lot going on in the U.S. There's a lot to pay attention to. So sometimes thinking globally can be a little overwhelming, but I think it is important um, as the industry grows to make sure that we're sort of keeping a pulse on what's going on across the whole world when it comes to cannabis and not doing that thing that Americans do where we sort of think the world revolves around us because there is some cool stuff going on in the rest of the world. So. Either way, um, you know, we're moving towards cannabis normalization globally and legalization. And so I thought it might be kind of interesting for you guys, our listeners, to highlight some of our some of my top takeaways from my time in Israel. So um, we're going to touch both on sort of some investor topics as well as some entrepreneur topics as well as sort of some macro what's going on globally topics. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's jump right into it. Um, okay. First lesson, um, the rest of the world is a whole lot more focused on medical application than the U.S. market. Um, This is despite uh, actually prescribing smoking flour for medical purposes, which kind of blows my mind to think about. I guess I kind of knew that was the case, but seeing that and hearing that um, from professionals where you have doctors prescribing, you know, like two or three puffs of flour kind of blows my mind a little bit. Um, But despite that, there's a whole lot more movement around research of medical products. So definitely in the US, we have got that brand, um, innovative brand and innovative product side down, right? The recreational side 
has allowed that to happen. As the market has matured, consumers have become more interested in what they're consuming and how they're consuming it, and the market has responded. So we're seeing, you know, we see topicals and patches and edibles and drinkables and you know, pills and everything that you can imagine, right? And that's really more of a US thing. We're not seeing that really happen in the rest of the world. However, what the rest of the world has going that we don't have is all this research. So even, you know, in the US, even in medical markets where we have just medical, where we're, we're looking at cannabis as purely medicine, we still have almost no research. Um, and a lot of that, as, as many of you know, is because of the sort of the way that cannabis is scheduled. So as a schedule one substance, it basically what that means is that cannabis has quote no medicinal value which means there's no reason to do research um, so doing research on cannabis in the United States is really really difficult there are a few groups who are allowed to do research on cannabis um, federally however they have to get their cannabis from a specific place um, which is in Mississippi it's a university in Mississippi that grows cannabis um, for use in research however um, there's been lots of studies that come out that say that that product is really kind of subpar, um, moldy, um, really low THC. So I'm not sure how relevant the research that we're doing is on it. Um, so sort of fast forward or, or move over to the other side of the world. Um, meanwhile, in Israel and Germany, um, we're seeing a lot of significant amount of medical research around cannabis and the effects on the human body, how to use it medically. Um, after all, it was at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem where Raphael Mechulam um, actually co-discovered the endocannabinoid system, which, uh, as many of you know, is their largest receptor system in the human body. Um, that was also, he was the same person who realized that the human brain actually produces cannabinoids, um, that, that the body produces cannabinoids um, that stimulate the body's, that cannabinoid receptor system. He also was the one who really worked to isolate and understand um, delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol, um, that's a mouthful, or THC as you know it. Um, and so really it was that research that pushed cannabis forward. And that is continuing. So um, Israel is actually one of just a few countries in the world that allows, uh, has, a, has a federal um, or I'm sorry, government-sponsored cannabis program. So Canada and the Netherlands um, also have those programs. And even though it remains illegal for recreational use, that medical research really is um, kind of pushing the world forward. A lot of that has to do with the funding available for that kind of research, um, as well as not having the same roadblocks that we have in the US around research. So um, all of that, basically all of that to say that a lot of the products we're seeing coming out of Israel um, as well as some parts of Europe are very medical focused as opposed to the US, which is much more recreational focused, which is very interesting. Um, okay, the next lesson was kind of that everybody wants into the US market, uh, shocker, but they need distributors and white labeling. So um, the US is obviously a much larger market. Uh, there's a lot more data, there's a lot more potential, and it's a lot more mature. Um, however, because of federal prohibition and all the you know, hoopla and the hoops you have to jump through and all the craziness around regulation and restrictions on advertising and banking and taxes, and all that stuff, um, many, many people globally don't really want to mess with it. So there, 
I was asked by so many people there, do I know distributors? Um, how can I get my product distributed in the US? Which is a huge opportunity, I think, um, to distribute uh, global products, Israeli products um, in the United States. So if you're looking for an area that could be an area to uh, pay attention to. Um, there is some talk of distribution in other parts of the world. So I talked to quite a few companies that do have distribution set up um, primarily in Europe and Latin America. But again, the U.S. is really kind of that area that, that a lot of companies are um, eager to get in and sort of gobble up market share. And dis despite all of this, which was interesting to me, despite all this excitement about getting into the U.S. markets, there seemed to be a bit of a lack of understanding of kind of the diversity, complexity, and the volatility of the U.S. market. So it, it seemed like there was this talk of, US, of the U.S. market as being very stagnant. Um, and being very stable, um, which it's, we're definitely moving in that direction, but there's still a lot of volatility in the space. Regulations are changing all the time. New markets are coming online all the time. We've got multiple bills um, in Congress that could change the way cannabis is viewed federally, what that means for banking, taxes, and ultimately what that means for competition um, and what businesses are going to kind of come up, uh, come out on top. And there seemed to be a little bit of a lack of understanding around that, um, despite the interest in the U.S. markets. So that was kind of interesting. Um, the next lesson is that global trade, um, especially around hemp, is going to be very, very complicated. So, um, you know, the U.N. was set to vote on cannabis. Uh, earlier this year, they, they announced that they would be voting on it in this, this past March, so last month, um, but that was delayed. And a lot of the reason that was delayed was actually because of requests from countries like the U.S., for example, and Germany, um, which, have which have some medical market. And, you know, we want to be sure that the vote kind of comes out the way you want it to come out um, rather than pushing for the vote before uh, maybe all the information is there and then being on the wrong side of that vote. Um, other countries pushing for, um, you know, a non-vote and kind of delaying that vote were Japan um, because they have some really harsh penalties around cannabis uh, in, in that country. So um, that's kind of what's going on with the UN. But in terms of the market, um, you know, one of the things that came up that I found really interesting was that the definition of hemp is is literally not the same in most places in the world. So in the U.S., um, hemp is cannab you know the cannabis plant with 0.03% THC or less. Um, now in some parts of Europe that's one percent. In some parts of Europe it's 0.5%. Um, so it really varies. So when you're looking at cross you know cross market trade. Um, realizing that you don't even have the same product, right? So what you call hemp, I might not call hemp, is a huge impediment to that, right? And then you add on top of that all the different regulations, requirements, definitions, everything that goes into that. And what that really leads us to is that markets are staying local, right? Um, things are gonna stay the same. Um, so, so that was kind of interesting. There, you know, we're moving in a direction towards loosening that up. We're seeing more companies come online. We're seeing elections in Mexico and Panama, for example, um, that would add cannabis um, and sort of change the landscape perhaps a little bit. But until we kind of get on board 
um, on what hemp is and what the kind of global restrictions and requirements are, um, I think the youth market's going to stay quite local. So um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with the UN because that could really lay some groundwork for the future of global cannabis and global hemp. Um, the next lesson is that CBD is everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. So just like in the U.S., where CBD is like in your gas station, at your bookstore, like at the pet shop, like anywhere that you could possibly ever be, um, that's happening everywhere else. So um, I met tons of companies in Israel that were working on CBD products. In fact, the majority of the companies there were working on products with CBD and hemp in them. Um, so a lot less tech, which is obviously more interest, this ancillary side, and a lot more um, kind of CBD and hemp products. And, you know, the hope I think for many of these companies is to eventually branch out into pharmaceutical grade products and nutraceutical grade products. Um, but they're sort of starting with this CBD as a way to sort of set a brand, gobble up market share, um, as well as test out delivery systems. So there's a lot of research being done around, um, in particular, transdermal application. Um, so what compounds do we use to get those compounds through our skin and into our bloodstream, um, as well as what compounds do we use to ensure that it's localized and that it doesn't uh, get into our bloodstream so that it stays localized. So there's a lot of research that's being done there. And so there's a lot of movement towards using these CBD products as a way to kind of begin doing um, more research on kind of how how this interacts with our bodies and what consumers want in order to eventually offer kind of more medical grade products. Um, and then, you know, the last, the last sort of lesson that I took from my time in Israel was around investors. So um, I met quite a few investors who are very curious about cannabis. Um, you know, one of the things that I noticed about Israel is it's very entrepreneurial. There's a high level of risk tolerance. Um, and so there are many uh, investors in Israel who sort of really interested in getting into cannabis, but don't really know where to start, right? Um, which, which is the case, I think, with many investors. We talked to tons of investors who were like, I don't want to miss out on the opportunity, but I don't really know where to begin. So um, there was a lot of talk about kind of the benef pros and cons of public versus private investments, um, which is common, right? So there was a lot of talk around the hot markets in Canada. Um, how long are they going to be that hot? I think the general consensus, of course, is that that liquidity that we're seeing in the Canadian capital markets probably won't last. It's not normal. It's not something we see um, across the board. It's something that will inevitably kind of cool off. Um, and something that was interesting to me was that, you know, someone I was talking to was talking about sort of this leftover legacy of Canadian mining capital markets. So um, those were very high risk, high return markets. And so that level of risk tolerance and sort of comfortability with, um, comfortability, is that a word? Comfort, um, with uh, sort of high risk investments kind of has led to this very hot Canadian cap, uh, public capital market. Um, so we'll sort of see what happens there. You know, inevitably it's gonna cool off but um, there's quite a few companies that will probably benefit from the liquidity and the cash that's involved in the public side. Um, on the private side, obviously things move a little bit slower um, as, as regulations are loosening and as um, you know, more markets are opening and it's becoming more 
normalized. We are definitely seeing the movement of institutional capital into the space. So where you know five, six years ago, there was almost no institutional capital available. Now we're seeing much more institutional capital available to cannabis companies. So that's always exciting. Um, so that's, I think that's kind of it. Those are, those are my five lessons uh, that I took from my time in Tel Aviv. It was an amazing opportunity. Canatech is a great organization um, that, that are putting on really cool conferences, bringing together the global community. Um, it's the first time that I've really seen a conference focused on the kind of global market, which uh, you know has a long way to go. I think before we have a totally integrated global market, it's going to be very localized for a long time and regional for a long time. Um, but it's kind of cool to, to begin that process and to begin sort of thinking about um, are there partnerships and are there opportunities available globally? So it was great. If you ever get a chance to go, I, ha I highly recommend it. The next one is in Cape Town, South Africa, um, and will likely be more cultivation focused since Southern Africa is far more focused on uh, sort of agriculture and the, the cultivation side of cannabis than more the, the product side, which I think is kind of U.S. focused, and the medical side, which um, I would classify as, um, you know, Europe and Israel. Anyway, I uh, hope that was interesting and helpful for you to get a, an idea of kind of what's going on in the global markets. Thanks everybody for tuning in. I know this was a short episode, but I hope it was quick and to the point and you got what you needed. Um, remember, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and rate us. Go ahead and leave us a review because that all that helps us get out in front of other people. And I really like to hear what you have to say. And if I get enough reviews, I might start reading them so you could be famous. Well, what's wrong with that? Um, anyway, thanks so much for joining us and see you next time. Now for the disclaimers. Uh, please do not take any information from the Canopy Boulder podcast or its guests as investment advice. Be sure to contact your licensed financial advisor before making any investment decisions. So, Thank you for listening and please join us for another Canopy Boulder podcast episode coming to you soon.